Hi, welcome to That Reminds Me Of, a podcast about film and the films that remind us of that film. You're here with Baron and the Doc. And the Maestro. Do we need another drink? Yes, we do. Yeah. Baron, how are you? Good, Doc. How are you? I'm pretty good. Awesome. We've been to see the movies, or see a movie. <laughs> we have we have been to the movies, and we went to the palace again, mm-hmm. our favourite, the palace, but a, a different one this time. Yes, Westgarth. Yeah, your first time, I believe. In Northcote? Is that where we are? Northcote. Yeah. yeah. It's my first time at, at the Westgarth. I've walked past it many times. It looks like a great old cinema from the outside, and it is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's a cool part of town, cool yeah. cinema. But what did we see there? We saw The Killer by David Fincher. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. I think we've done a lot of festival films mm. and I think we just were looking, both looking forward to something that was a little bit more like Hollywood. We wanted something bloody fun. Yeah. So we went, you had the chock top again, yep. I didn't. We then <laughs> came back diet. for our traditional Maccas. Yes, uh, blew the diet. Blew the diet. No, I only had six nuggets, so I'm okay. Um, you had a, what, a frappe? I had a frappe. Yeah. Yes, I did. It was monstrous. Yes, I know. Feeling okay? I feel fine. I feel great, in fact. I feel ready to do an episode. Let's do the episode. All right. I'm going to go straight off the bat with a synopsis. What do you reckon? Please. Okay, this is The Killer, as you said. David Fincher, starring mm. Fassbender, Swinton, and others. After a fateful near miss... An assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt he insists isn't personal. He insists isn't personal. I didn't... Did we hear much insistence? We sort of... There's a lot of rules. There are rules. There are a lot of rules about sticking to the job and Mm. sticking to the rules. So I suppose... Yeah. Yeah, It is a little personal though, isn't it, really, in the end? Yeah, but I guess that's what they're saying. He he insists it's not personal, but... Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not being paid for this job. No. I think that's that's the reason it, it's, it switches over into a, a different realm. And he's kind of not sticking to his rules. Right. The rules that you, he repeats over and over again. Do you know, it made me think of... I'm going to go straight into where it reminds me of. Oh, that please, I, jump I, in. I had not meant to even say. Okay. But it's like, you know, falling down where Michael Douglas is just a normal guy... And he gradually unravels to be a killer. Yeah. This is like a killer who's gradually unraveling to be a normal guy. To be a normal guy. Yes. He does sort of protest too strongly the whole way through, right? It's constantly him saying, I'm a guy who doesn't give an F. I'm a sociopath, basically. I stick to the rules. It's all about the money, about the job. And yet every decision you see him make after a certain point is the opposite. It's slowly moving towards him getting his his revenge or whatever. Did you realise it's based on a graphic novel? No, so I didn't know this before you and I had a quick chat afterwards. So, graphic novel. Yes. Tell me about it. Uh, well, I don't know much about it. I did download... Of the same title? Of the same title. It's like a, it's meant to be a, a classic in the, in the graphic novel oeuvre. <laughs> Great. Does the graphic novels have an oeuvre? I think, I think so. <laughs> It's reminding me of the Roman buildings. Yeah, it, it, it's giving me flashbacks of, of um, mispronunciations. Uh, um, uh, the graphic novel by the same name, written by Alexis Matz Nolent, illustrated by Luke Jacamon. And I think the illustrations with these graphic novels are just as important, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or probably more so. It's hugely important. One thing that you'll note when you come into this film is the first 
almost whole the almost the first act is a very repetitive slow moving slow burning thing that is driven almost entirely by this inner monologue happening yeah. with Fassbender's character and that makes sense that it's coming from a graphic novel it feels very graphic novel-esque as a film experience yep i got to say it almost lost me that first bit i just couldn't wait for it to be over <laughs> to be honest because yeah. it just plays a little long you're waiting for this for his plan that he's banging on about to unravel and you're just waiting for it to happen mm. after that the whole film moves with with a pretty good pace but just it's a bit it's a bit heavy-handed at, at the start i think yeah i couldn't agree more i think i had i was a little bit more patient yeah because i knew i'd i'd read the first chapter right um, so I you knew where it was going. I knew where it was going and I was interested to see, you know, how closely they'd stick with that tone. Yeah. The words were kind of nothing like the words in the graphic novel, but the, the vibe was and the pace was. Yeah. And the interior monologue. I was wondering when I, when I was reading it, like, how are they going to sustain this, this for the whole film? Mm. And while it was, I think they needed to set it up like that. Yeah. But then it kind of started moving along and getting pace and was worth sticking with in the end. It felt to me like Fassbender's character and what Fincher was trying to do with that character was sort of establish early on, this is a guy who has a routine, he has strict rules, he sticks to them always, and it almost felt like it, it, we were, it, that was being hammered in excessively just so that we can see him unravel, and that was the point. Yeah, there is... We, we had to know that he's got a routine. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was up on Fincher's board. They must know that he has a routine. And it's serious. Nailed it, Fincher. Nailed that. I would say I think you could have probably made the point in half the time. <laughs> yeah, you could have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in, in the graphic novel, it, they kind of make that in three or four yeah. of the, what do you call them? The squares? Uh, frames. Frames. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just mention a it reminds me of then well let's not just mention it let's go straight in let's go in to the point of the show let's talk about references what did it remind you of Baron? after i knew that it was based on a on a graphic novel mm. i couldn't help but think about sin city yep and as a classic example of a graphic novel converted to film and in in that instance it's a very very faithful adaptation where rodriguez has said I'm going to take this frame for frame. I'm going to shoot it exactly the way that it was penned. Mm. And I'm not, going to, I'm not going to deviate from that. This, however, and I've looked over your shoulder and seen what the style of it is. In classic Fincher style, Fincher's sort of gone, I think I can do this better. I think I can put <laughs> the camera in a better spot. Yeah. And he is known for saying there is one correct place for the camera to be in every scene. And he's the guy that knows where to put it. Wow. So I think what we've got is a film that does feel like it's come from a graphic novel, but also feels like a Fincher film. I love that quote, that there's one correct place and he knows where it is. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> but does he? Well, it's subjective really, isn't it? He is well known for, for a well-placed uh, camera. Actually, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue the point on him. I, I, I don't see anything not to like about his camera placement. I agree. My, yeah. if, if I've got any other problems, it's with other things, but... Anyway, should I have a crack? Please. Speaking of Fincher. Yeah. I haven't watched a Fincher film for some time, other than Mank, which mm -hmm. I think we both saw 
and we were a bit lukewarm on. Correct. Um, wasn't really the typical Fincher film, I don't think. No. It's a deviation, passion project. Yeah. Uh, but last night I watched Gone Girl, which I'd never seen. And there were a lot of similarities, I thought, in the uh, reliance on, on the narration, the background, you know, inner head narration, and the the pace that you get. You, you kind of get lines on the drip. Like each sentence is put out there. You're meant to sort of ponder it and think, oh, wow, how wonderful. Have some pause and then another sentence and another mm. sentence. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, but that, that feeling of slowness, of yes. having to really delve into every line and sit with every line was similar in Gone Girl and in, in this. Gone Girl was on my list as well. It was. Yeah, and I think like you're saying... There's a really there's a there's a tone similarity in the two films. Gone Girl also has that has the, a darkness to it and a, a sense of dread, and just even in the sort of the the visual language of it, it just it feels dark. It feels heavy. Mm. There's a there's a real mood that kind of permeates the whole thing, and it's it's in this film as well. You get the sense that the, our main character's world is dark. It's always it's it's slow, but it's mm. just filled. It's thick in a, in a way. Like it's the atmosphere thick. is thick, yeah. and it feels like there's there's sort of dread and doom and death at, around the corner all the time. And yet, all that's done with kind of very wooden characters. Yeah. So in the in the this graphic novel, I think is as far as I can tell, is known for the not there being not much emotion on the character's face. He's very wooden. Yeah. Clearly, Fassbender does that. Brilliantly, I think. Nails that. <laughs> um, yeah. But Ben Affleck and, and co in um, Gone Girl kind of do that as well. It's like they're, they're just roaming through the film and not giving it yeah. giving it anything. A bit like the lead in The Rooster. Yeah. Remember the Aussie, yeah, yeah. The Aussie film in Myth where... Phoenix Ray's character. Phoenix Ray. Yeah. Uh, where, where they just speak the lines. Yeah. And let the, the script work without yeah, that's bringing a, great... a lot of animation. That's a great call. I, I think um, I think that was probably one of the biggest for me downsides of this film, is this is not a lot of life in it. Yeah, we've got these great actors, and they just don't seem to have much room to inject life into it. In fact, it seems like the the director's note has, at every level, is to subdue everything. Yeah. You Subtract know? the life. Take out the life. It's not about that. This film. It's about wooden characters. Yeah performing tasks that they've been trained to perform uh, with deadly consequences. But that's that seems to be throughout the whole thing. Mm. What it does to me is it puts a lot of expectation and burden on the script mm -hmm. because really the script is given a lot of room to be um, pondered uh, and and not much action coming from anywhere else other than the words. Yeah. So that can either be profound and wonderful or it can show show up deficiencies. I will point out the one section where I think we do have life abundant in this. Is this is this the 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 one place where that I, I was saying this is the turning point. This this film has just shifted. I don't remember when you said that. No, I, I said it to myself. Oh, okay, great. It could be. <laughs> well, you, you tell me when it is. Sure. There's an amazing fight scene in this film. Yes. Is that where you were thinking? Okay, perfect. Yes. It's, it's beautiful because it's so dark and it's so raw and it's 
edge of the seat kind of stuff. Like I, mm. I really, really, really liked this fight scene. Yep. I thought it was one of the best directed fight scenes I've seen for a while. And it felt entirely real. Yeah, yeah. And the punches felt like, you know, they were happening for real right there next to us. I loved it. I thought it was great. I couldn't agree more. That was the the absolute time where it got you by the balls. Yeah. And said, okay, um, I am a film, hear me roar. Uh, <laughs> reminded me of Your Mate Old Boy, yeah. the fight scene in that, that Great. just does the same thing. Yep. And also just in some of the series that we've sat through over the years, such as True Detective, mm-hmm. when, when you're watching a series and suddenly there's an episode that just blows you away. And I think in True Detective there was one which had a long, continuous fight sort of gunfight scene. Um, True Detective is actually a good reference for this film as well. It has yes. that it has that same muted dread. Yeah, it does. Mm. Maybe that's why I thought of it because then yeah. suddenly you get violence in the middle of that and there's you know you've felt the anticipation of violence all along and then when it erupts yes. it has more more power. And the reason it's great is that everything else is so measured. Yeah. And yeah. then suddenly you've got this eruption. It's all it all feels messy. And it feels alive, yes, and real, and that the consequences are going to be real, and that really stands out against everything else before and after. Have we done one each? Is yeah, it your turn again. So I was really reminded of Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, have I seen it? Who whose film? Great question. Don't remember. Okay, good we'll, film. We'll put we'll put some. <laughs> Some text on the bottom of the frame that says who made Nightcrawler. I'm just setting you up for failure. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you, you owe you owe me one. Yeah, I do. I'll, I'll get you back. It has this great sense of driving around at night, casing the streets, being a psychopath, <laughs> and being in the mind of a psychopath yeah. who who does these nasty deeds after dark in sort of American streets and so on. It has you know sh- scenes with him sort of sitting in his car figuring out how he's going to murder somebody inside a house it just reminds me entirely of Nightcrawler. And it has that same, that same dark dread running the whole way through it. These um, psychopath movies, mm. I think we could probably yeah, totally. s- sit here all night and, and say them like American Psycho, for example, yep. uh, with all these neat and tidiness um, juxtaposed with his love of killing people. 100%. Uh, that wasn't my reminds me, though. No, what else have you got? I, um, I've got Rear Window. Okay. The, the hitch. I well, know the film, but tell me how how it relates. Uh, well, visually, yeah. At the in that in that chapter one of the the killer, he's he's literally, literally yeah in a room looking through all the windows and just how how that was set up mm-hmm. was a clear I thought a, a clearly referencing rear window. You're seeing not just a window here and there, but you're seeing the whole whole building the whole building yeah you're seeing stuff happening everywhere and you're seeing people move from you know one room to the next Um, yeah meanwhile he has his routine inside his own building that he's sort of working his way through in the same way is it is it um james stewart who's in james stewart yeah similar who's um he's injured so he's stuck there he's in a wheelchair yeah yeah beautiful but i think with rear window you go one step further and just say that it's it's, he's an outsider looking in, and I think for the whole film, that's that's clear. He doesn't belong anywhere. Mm. He's just always looking through sort of metaphorical windows yeah. into other people's lives. People who are actually just living their lives. Yeah. And he's got his weird other <laughs> life going on. 
That's great. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of a little bit was the opening of the new Batman film with uh, Robert Pattinson, Horny yes. Robert. You're, you're basically seeing yeah. this, this point of view of a building and, and a crime take place. It's his point of view and I think he's seeing something that reminds him of, of what happened with his parents. Could be right. Something like that? Something like that. Would you know how you were going to get me back? Yeah. Well, you just bloody did. Because that was my next one. Was it? The Batman. No way. The Batman starring Horny... Um, horny Rob. Horny Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote down why it reminded me. I can't remember now. What have I got here? Man who speaks in short sentences. <laughs> no, sorry. Repressed man who speaks in short yes. sentences and slowly has a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Beautiful. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all there. It's all it's there. the same thing. Say no more. Yeah, just no, no. Um... We don't have Zo- we don't have Zoe in in this. We don't really have the love interest as such. There is sort of, but it's not played That's out. It's not really way. explored, is it? No, no. She's just a, a symbol. Fill in your own gaps, kind yeah. of character. Just you know, we, totally. we don't even know what her face looks like because of the injuries. Barely know what her face looks mm. like. That is that is interesting. Well, she looked a bit cute from the what we saw. For the audience's sake, the woman who kicks off the whole revenge thing yes, um, because she's targeted by, by yeah. people who are targeting the, the main character, the Fassbender character. Anyway, she's a bit of a symbol. She's not really fleshed out in any way. I think it's okay. Yeah. In this no, film. I don't think it's okay. Uh, she does have a good moment where she sort of talks about being brave for him and all of that, which was, I think... Oh, yeah, well, no, she did a great job yeah. with bloody limited material. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but well-performed. I agree. More animated than um, Fassbender. More ad- more animated than Fassbender. Probably more animated than Tilda as well, who mm. also delivers probably one of her most subdued performances in a while. Mm. But I like subdued. I thought she was great. She's still really great in it. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. And and Fassbender. I hope no one gets the you know interprets that I was suggesting that he's not great because I think he is. He's one of my favourites, and I thought he did this role to perfection yeah i think he did too i just don't think he had a lot to really play with mm. with the direction that he was given but he does it well but i'm not going to walk away from this film saying remember that great Fassbender film or remember that great tilda swinton film i just it's not, it's not going to make the list of great performances for either of them for me yeah maybe not but i think i'll remember it like i i yeah. think i just enjoyed watching him i don't know how much i would have enjoyed it if it hadn't been for Fassbender. Mm, interesting. Like it really relies on on him and, and really... Yeah, he's got a lot to carry in this film. Yeah. Um, whose turn was it? How about you go? I Luke? think this is my last one, but yeah. it, it plays into... You started to talk about kind of the plot because we gave the synopsis, but we haven't really yeah. revealed much about what actually happens. Right. Um, and essentially this is an assassin and he stuffs up a job and then the other assassins come after him. I know what you're about to say. <laughs> then he goes and takes up. He goes to the Continental Hotel. He goes to the his, Continental. Gets his token, swaps them all in. Yeah. Avenges so he, his dog. So he's, <laughs> Who has a similar role. <laughs> okay, so I don't even need to be here, do I? But yes, um, he is the, the thinking woman's John Wick. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Yeah. And actually, I almost said... I would have been I would have been stealing your thunder again, but I almost said that fight scene reminded me a little bit of John Wick, mm. but actually 
dare I say, done better than a John Wick film? Well, not quite done better, done more sparingly. So John Wick is just that fight scene over and over and over yes. again yep. to the point where it becomes ludicrous and just becomes a... It loses all its impact. It becomes a yep. mockery of itself yep. because it then starts making fun of what it is. Yeah. Uh, but this one, because you only get one of them, oh, it's great. Yeah, but I think I'll just... I think I would also just add that John Wick fight scenes are a little too clever mm. as well, If in my opinion. Like, they're just... They're elevated to, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I do love them. I, the John Wick films, have, I have a soft spot for them. They're really fun. But it's just, it's, it becomes fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this felt really, like, visceral. pretty visceral, visceral and real. It had a, had a sense of realism to it, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Fassbender, he's in great shape in this, but he's a skinny guy up against a ball of muscle, and he yes. almost dies, and you can really feel it, you know? So... Geez, he does good though, doesn't he? Against yeah. the big bloke. Yeah, good training. Yeah, no, really good. <laughs> I think that's all that reminds me, so I have, unless you've got others. Probably the only other thing that I thought about that fight scene is there was a, um, you mentioned Park Chan-wook's film, Old Boy, but there was a Jet Lee film called, I want to say it was called like Leash or Dog or something like that. <laughs> Leash or Dog. Yeah, I can't remember the exact title, but... <laughs> Basically, it's, it's, he's a martial art expert that was basically treated like a dog yeah. and trained to be a killer like a, like a, a dog might be. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a, some fight scenes in that. And in particular, there's one in a, in a bathroom that's like really tight quarters. And the way that was filmed and how visceral that is reminded me a little bit of this fight scene as well. I had one other note. Doesn't, it's not a reminds me, but the, what I loved was the use of the heart rate monitor. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And me be- too. Because you you've got no entry point into this fastbender character. Mm. Um he's great point. The whole wooden thing. I'm not sure how often we can use the term wooden mm. in the one episode, but you know, very blank face. Yeah. But it just gives us a way to see okay, hang on, there's something going on beneath the surface here. Just data, no emotion. Yep, but we can tell that no, he's um he is having a you know a horny Batman breakdown. <laughs> it's a, it's actually great. It's it's a, it's a really clever device. Yeah, and it's on the surface like it could be quite an annoying device to just you know overplay. You think you could overplay it quite easily, but yeah. I think it's handled perfectly, yeah. and just as a way of saying his heart's racing now. He's losing control for a minute. Oh, he's got it back under control. Mm. He's entering his sort of killer phase or whatever by getting it under his heart rate under 60 beats per minute or whatever it is. It's, it, all of that is just, it's actually handled, handled really well. Yeah. And, and I just the little alarm that that would drive me nuts. But it, in a sense, it, it gives you this feeling of time passing, of him reacting to his body and to what's going on around him. Well, time is passing. Yes. And I believe the cameras are just about to run out of battery. Probably. Which is perfect because I reckon we're at time. Yeah. I just want to know one last thing. Yes. Overall, do you like the film? Would you recommend it to others? I really liked it. Like you, it was a slow start. Yeah. I was unsure. I was holding my cards close to my chest and then they started punching on and I said, you got me here. And I think then I just lost myself in it and enjoyed the whole ride. Agree. I think the film has grown on me over the time that I was watching it. And the more I think about it, 
after leaving the cinema, the more I like it. Yeah, I'm the same. And I think I will continue with the novel. Great. On my Kindle. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's out of stock. No way. No one's got it. How yeah. can you release this film and, and not, not have, have billions of copies just waiting to be consumed? I don't know. That's crazy. Well, till next time, Doc. Till next time, killer. <laughs> <laughs>